Hey guys, welcome to the Buns Podcast. This is a strange one for me because, as you'll notice in a few minutes when I do This Week in Buns, there's going to be no one saying, Hey Buns, which is kind of strange. Callie B is away on vacation in Hawaii. I hope you're enjoying Hawaii, Callie. But she is also moving to California. Fear not. We're going to try and find a way so that she can do it from another time zone. But for this episode, I'm on my own. And this is the first time since episode one that I've done it. It's kind of weird, you know, this week in Buns. It's just me and you. Maybe it's a little more intimate. I don't know. We'll see. You tell me. But either way, I I miss you, Callie. And... uh, Really hope you're here for the next one. I need someone to add a little bit of levity. Anyway, here's This Week in Buns. Alright, welcome to This Week in Buns. I'm going to keep it short and sweet because uh, the interview this week is with the Bun CEO and it goes a little bit long, but it's very interesting, so I suggest that you check it out. The first thing I saw this week is a fucking weird fanny pack. It uh, seems to be a fanny pack in the style of the little conjoint twin alien from... um, Oh, God. Help me out here. What's that Arnold Schwarzenegger film? Total Recall. Total Recall. Uh, Posted by Patrick. It says, open your mind, buns. If you've ever dreamed of being... At the center of an, uh, if you've ever dreamed of being at the center of the inevitable fanny pack comeback, I have your golden ticket, a one of a kind, Kauto fanny pack. I assume that's the character's name from the movie, based on the beloved children's nightmare from Total Recall. Yeah, there we go. It's handmade, modern masterpiece is a Halloweener's dream come true. Anyways, very creepy. Very interesting looking. I suggest that if it's not already traded, you pick it up. It seems like a Buns VHS sewer member's dream. All right. So the next one comes by way of Eva or Eva. I'm not really sure. She is ISO a large, clean, clear glass bong. Ideally, it would have a large round base but any shape will do and she's willing to pick it up anywhere essentially what she wants to do is make it into a sort of flower pot terrarium to troll her teenagers and i think it's a fucking great idea i think it'd be really funny if she uh, came home with a bong and i really strongly suggest eva or eva if you're listening to post a video when you do this you come home you put it in some flowers sorry you put some flowers in and you know videotape your teenager's reaction and just play totally play totally straight like you have no idea what it is or what it's for fantastic i'm going to apologize in advance to your guys if i'm a little bit uh slurry or strange with my words because i've just been out tonight with none other than uncle mort 
he uh, gave me a slight respite in my living off buns for a month, uh, took me out for a drink or two. I had to kind of drink away the sorrow of not having Cali this week. Okay, so next up on This Week in Buns, um, Bradford posts, Hey Buns people, my little catitude wizard hasn't been home in a few days. He's an outdoor cat and usually hangs out around the property. He lists his address, his college, just east of Spadina. He normally comes and meows at the window when he wants in. It's been odd because he's been gone for a long time. I know buns are really good at finding lost things. So this time, rather than finding a bike or a cell phone, help Bradford find Wizard. And Bradford, if Wizard is found, please update the post. Let us know that he is okay. If you need to know what Wizard looks like, please visit the podcast zone on Facebook Buns Podcast Zone and check out the link. Help Bradford find his lost cat because if I lost my cat, I'd also at the same time be losing my shit. So help him out. All right, what else do we got in the pipe here? Well, Alice posts, and this is kind of a strange one here. Kinky Buns, have you ever tried to get off with a rubber ducky? Here's your chance. I walked into a store in Paris filled with these duckies in different costumes, and it was so adorable and weird at the same time that I had to get one. I swear it's never been used. You will need a battery to operate it. Uh, Essentially, what it is is a little rubber ducky wearing a feather boa that I assume doubles as some sort of vibrating device. So, if that is your thing, or... If you're really into the movie Howard the Duck and kind of want to get off at the same time, this is the device for you. Okay, rather than a lost item, Brit has a found item. Hey Buns, did you lose your ring? I found a pretty ring crammed into the streetcar track around Palmerston in College. Looks to be Topaz. I really want to keep it, but I want to post it here to make sure no one is missing it. Now, what I will say, Britt, is that your post lacks a photo. So it's hard for me to say whether or not it's my ring. I suggest that you post a photo. You know, I know you don't want any sort of sort of false positives here, but without seeing it, you know, I could have lost it there and never known. Yeah, I'm going to take a break from the This Week in Buns to just talk about my living off buns and I'm not going to talk about how my week has been or what I'm up to I mean you can watch the videos for that but what I will say aside from that I've missed I've met a million lovely buns and I hope to continue to meet some more lovely buns is that we are going to be holding a buns food drive kind of fundraiser so what's going to happen is and it'll all be announced on the Facebook. We're going to throw together a party in which the admission will be some non-perishable food that we will then donate to a food bank. And at this party, I will have my long, long locks chopped off, and I will donate those as well. Not to the food bank, obviously. But the idea here is that 
Buns has done so well keeping me alive these last few weeks, and I still got a few more to go, but still, you guys have gone above and beyond, provided me with a lot of lovely food, some times out, everyone's been fantastic, and I really just want to pay it forward. So what I'm going to do is any of the food that I have at the end of the month that's been donated to me, I'm going to pay it forward and donate to the food bank, but at the same time, we're going to throw this party, get some food, and help some people. If that is of interest to you, email me, podcast at buns.com, and I'll tell you how you can get involved. I think that uh, Buns is a great place for us to all have fun, but we can also do some good. So let's fucking do it. Or if you just want to see me get my luscious long locks chopped off, which I'm kind of afraid about, this is for you. All right, back to this week in Buns. I'm actually only going to talk about one more thing here because of the long interview. But the last post I'm going to talk about is a found cat. Sam posts, this little dude has been hanging around my house for the last little while. Uh, I'm going to say, this is not part of the post, that it is a very cute cat. And I think that anyone who owns this cat would want to get it back. So again, check the Buns Podcast Zone and uh, we will hook you up with some photos. You know what? I think I'm going to leave it at that because I miss Callie. You know, and as much as I like our alone time together, I think that we're going to save the rest of the glorious stories for next week. So stick around for my interview with the Bun CEO. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Keep bunsing. All right, guys. So I'm going to keep trying to make fetch a thing and say, call the troll phone. 647-ZEN-TROLL. 647-936-8765. If you have anything to say, and I know that you do because you all comment like mad on the app and in Facebook, call. Leave me a message and I will play that voicemail on the show. Whatever it is. Do it. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. All right, so the interview this week is an interesting one. I got to sit down with the Buns CEO. We talked a lot of things like how Buns is going to make money, what's its luck what it's like to run a startup and uh, you know what someone might want to do if they had an app idea and wanted to bring it to life. It's a really interesting chat. And uh, if you guys want a better insight into the business side of buns, I really suggest that you take a listen. Here it is my interview with Sasha. So, I am here with Sasha, who, uh, well, actually, why don't you tell me what your role is at Buns? Uh, I'm the CEO of Buns. 
Okay, so Buns Buns has a CEO. When when did you when did you start working for Buns? I started working on Buns and with that team probably about a year ago. I'd say about a year ago. Okay. Um, but before that, even I was working on technology to do a very similar thing uh, to what the community was doing, which is bartering um, and also social commerce or social marketplaces. Okay, so you kind of had already been working in the field and then found buns? Yeah, I guess that's the simple way to put it. I was working on uh, building a technology startup, and uh, the focus was social marketplaces. And I was introduced to buns uh, through a very close childhood friend of mine. And more, more importantly, actually, I was introduced to Emily. And uh, Emily and I sat down and had a conversation and thought it was a great idea if we just collaborated to... Uh, work together on a very similar thing that we were both passionate about and it kind of just became a bigger team um, as a result of that. So is that when Buns kind of transitioned from a Facebook group to a business? I think Buns is still transitioning from a Facebook group or as from an app even to a business. Um, But yeah, I'd say notionally that when Emily and I met, uh, we kind of agreed that we could do more with Buns than, and Buns was becoming more than what Facebook could you know, it was becoming limited by Facebook. Right. Um, and that was our opportunity to do something really meaningful with it. Okay. Well, so you mentioned Emily and uh, I interviewed her for the first episode and I see a lot of, you know, pu- other publications, print and otherwise interviewing her. Uh, but I haven't seen any with you. Is there a reason? N- not really. Uh, maybe it's, just, I think, more than anything else, when it comes to the relationship between Emily and I, I think Emily's the founder, and I think uh, she has been a huge champion of her community, and there's a lot of admiration for that, uh, both on my front and maybe the community's front. Right. And, uh, you know, in the office, sometimes they call me the Wizard of Oz just because I'm constantly in the background of things working away. Right. But it hasn't been intentional. I think it's more just been a byproduct of... Uh, where our focus has been, and for me, the focus has really been to slowly and progressively make buns, you know, into what we envision it to be—a uh, shared vision that the, the whole team has been working towards. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. You're actually okay. So you mentioned being the Wizard of Oz, and that's kind of funny because that's the first thing that popped into my mind. But uh, working in the background, what is a what is a traditional day in the life of a bun CEO look like? <laughs> Well, you get up really early and you go to bed. You, you don't go to bed. You get up really <laughs> early and you don't go to bed. Um, no, it's uh, it's awesome. I mean, I love it. it it's, uh, it's a lot of strategy work. It's a lot of meetings with a number of different potential partners and conversations around very, you know, philosophical ideas around what Buns is and why. And um, there's a lot of math to it around, you know, the data and what the data tells us. And we're trying to put that together with what we're learning from a design perspective and what the team is building and aligning those two things and ensuring that the community we're checking cross-checking our work with the community and you know coordinating growth efforts uh coordinating you know and just a number of of things it's kind of it's kind of a a, a job where you know y- you end up doing a number of of things but um you're really just focused on your team getting your team to to collaborate and coordinate initiatives in ways that is the most effective an impactful way that like, you know, the way I look at it is um, everyone funds as a, as a, as a company and as a, as a team, our, our, our ability to achieve meaningful results is really in the exponential factor of having 
uh, of working together. Like I find when one person works alone, nothing really meaningful is, 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 is achieved in the same way as when a team comes together that comes from such diff back, different backgrounds. The impact that that can have uh, is, is almost like exponential math rather than... Right rather than just an individual person putting in nine hours and it looks like nine hours of effort. You know, when you have 10 people coordinated putting in nine hours, uh, it, it turns out to be, you know, thousands, a thousand percent more effective than just that one person. So rather than, you know, 10 people doing 90 hours, it's like, it looks like 10 people doing like 9,000 hours. Or Exa- something. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's the exact benefit of teamwork. Right. So, I mean, most of my day is spent you know, strategizing, um, just to kind of give you a simpler version of that answer. Most of my day is spent strategizing, uh, working with the team, uh, delivering, you know, a number of, of presentations to important people that we're working with, uh, considering implications of decisions, um, working on calculations to validate. It, it's just, it really is a, a real, a, a very extreme gamut of, uh, of activities that happen um, and it just never seems to stop, but it's, it's awesome. Like it's, it's the best job in the world. Right. And I think a lot of people are curious about startups because, you know, outside of Silicon Valley, the TV show, not a lot of people get a window into what startup life is like. We talked about Emily already, but did you kind of assemble the rest of the team once you, you know, you found this product and you're like, okay, we gotta, we gotta make this into something. Was it you who brought the people together? Yeah. Um, so uh, maybe I'll give you some of the backstory. It might make it easier. Yeah. Uh, so I created this company called Shuffle or an apparent company called Artifact Labs. And Artifact Labs owned Shuffle. And Shuffle was this technology that was almost like a Tinder for things. You could swipe on stuff. And if someone liked your thing and they were exposed to you know somebody else's thing, and if they both liked each other's things, and we're like, hey, you guys have a match. You know, We can improve the distribution of goods locally if we can um, kind of reconnect uh, new value between users. And so we built this software and it was really cool. Um, and I had raised venture capital, a seed round, we call it seed one on that particular product. And at that time I had met Emily and even just to build that product, I had met with a number of technologists, really, really bright technologists and designers that had agreed to work with me, um, you know, pro- progressively to approach and mm-hmm. fin- like complete something. And then I met Emily and then Emily had a number of people that she was working with and that we wanted to kind of, you know, join forces with. And that actually ended up happening. Um, and so it's been a, it's been a really humbling process of like assembling uh, really excited people who are share similar values or similar desires to make an impact on the world in a positive way and bringing them together and coordinating that, that energy into something that is really constructive and sustainable and beneficial at a, at a greater scale. That's what we're, we're working towards. It's interesting that you say that because uh, I visit the office from time to time and I see the team together and it almost feels like they've known each other forever. But clearly it hasn't been that long because the app's only been out for a while. So is is part of your job making sure that everyone kind of fits together? Yeah, totally. Um, I think there's... That it's it's a bit of an art, right? I think collaboration is something that can be really frustrating at times. Right. It can be difficult, and it can require more energy than just working independently at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be extremely fulfilling, and I think it's just sometimes it's a matter of working with the team through those t- tougher times. And like you know, Emily puts it best. She's like, when things get tough, we just troll the hell out of each other. <laughs> and it's it's really funny because sometimes you walk into the office and it's this like very quiet energy of people focused on delivering value and creating, you know, writing code and creating a campaign and, you know, working on the scalability of the infrastructure. And then other days you come in and it's like, you know, two people absolutely having at it, you know, playing a game of call of duty. And it's really just them chirping each other and blowing off some steam. um, Yeah. It was a hard day. 
and someone yelling "Oi, mommy!" in the background. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right, Francis. Yeah. Um, so I think that one of the questions that I'm sure you've probably already gotten a million times if you tell people that you know you work for Buns or whatever, I, even me. Working on the podcast, people hound me. I'm going to go out on a limb here. You're going to say, how are you going to make money? Yeah. Yeah. Single most common question I get. So? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I think to answer this question, and I I do love this question because I think it comes from a really genuine place and interest that people have in ensuring that um, we do buns well like we do we do it the respect we give it the respect it deserves context is really important when you're asking this question you know the question is uh, how will buns make money and i think the context that most people have of what buns is is that it's this trading application and yes that is absolutely one function of what buns is uh, but buns is much bigger than just a trading platform buns is what i to refer what i refer to as um, a city network and a city network is this kind of net new idea and i the best way to, to kind of identify what that is is to illustrate how it's different from facebook because everyone knows what a social network is now so a facebook a social network is um this place where you connect with people you know a city network is actually a place where you connect with people you don't know buns is bigger than trading things Uh, when you look at the facebook groups uh, which we're playing catch up to you've got a number of really core services to a city like um, homes and homes for rent and people are doing things like offering classes to share their creative talents with others and uh, in a, you know, a job posting board uh, there, there's just so many different zones that that are all representative of core services of a city so really buns is much bigger than just a trading platform it, uh, it's actually really a city network and that that opens up a number of possibilities because normally when people ask that question, the context is like, well, it's just, it's just a trading platform. How are you ever going to monetize that? Um, but once you, you lift that context and you say, well, actually buns is the sum of its parts and the sum of its parts show that it's a city network, which is this net new kind of uh, social space that doesn't really exist. Um, you, you start realizing, Oh, well, wait, there's, there's a lot of opportunity in that. And, I think, you know, a lot of people, the next question most people ask me is then I'm like, well, Sasha, what is a city network? So the best way to demonstrate what it is, because we think it's a new idea, um, is to look at the behaviors of people and the trends of buns on Facebook and understand what they're doing. And when we look at it under a holistic perspective, what we see is that people are are breaking the premise of how you use Facebook. And Facebook is you know, primary function is to connect you with people you know. Right. The primary function of Buns is to connect you with your city and the people you don't know. Yeah. And to create new new value out of that connection. So I think <clears throat> I think that that delta or that net new behavior, which is this this connection to people you don't know and it's kind of like this city, sense of cityhood uh, is what makes Buns so special. And when you think about uh, why uh, we're doing what we're doing, um, it starts making it clear that Facebook is quite limiting, is limiting the potential of buns. Right, right, right. And so for us to fully realize that that potential and not just us meaning HQ, I mean like us meaning the entire community and other cities, uh, we think that there's a service that needs to be built that connects people in a net new way. Right. And so we are very determined and uh, to, to realize that, to see that come to fruition. Yeah, well, I think it's funny because a lot of the more popular stories that come out of buns almost have nothing to do with trading. It's, you know, blood drives or someone loses 
a, a one of their pair of shoes and someone else on buns is like, Hey, I have your shoe and they get their connection or a lost cell phone or a lost bike or just strangers helping strangers. I mean, even in my own experience, there's, you know, a whole host of buns that have been feeding me and a lot of it doesn't even have to do with trade. So it's clear that there's, there's something bigger than trade. Do you have any sort of specific uh, plans of attack as far as, I mean, I didn't hear you mention advertising. No, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you won't, you won't even get dirty with it. Well, I, I, first <laughs> yeah, of all, are, do you plan on putting ads in the app? Uh, I wouldn't rule anything out. Um, I don't. I would say though that that's not in our immediate plans. No, I think that we're we're more the two things. So I'm going to get into like just like the 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 mechanics of startups maybe a bit just to like lay some foundation work for this conversation. Absolutely. So, really, the two things that matter are to to the people who provide funding to support these types of ventures is growth and sustainability of that growth which means revenue not profitability but revenue okay so i think those are the two key focuses and i don't think that in the shorter term we'll be turning ads on because i think there's way more creative and interesting ways like i feel like that's how Facebook made, you know, Facebook made its its billions and other companies have made, you know, large sums of money doing that. But I feel like there's a huge opportunity uh, to create new value connections locally. And I don't think that uh, we have to subscribe ourselves to do things the same way that other companies have done them. I think that what makes Bun so special is that we just simply don't do things the same way other people do them. Right. And I think all the team shares that same cultural character of thinking beyond what's been done to do something new yeah, and change change things for the better. And so I think we look at revenue and we say, well, how do we make our users, uh, how, we, how, how do we help our users or buns themselves make money? Yeah. Um, and how do, you know, because I think if we can help others succeed, then we succeed as a result of that. Right. So part of the plan is to help the users actually profit as well? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I think like, and this again, this is just mirroring the behavior today. The behavior today is um, you run to rent an apartment. People aren't paying for those apartments with canned food on Facebook. And yes, there will be an apartment zone on buns. And yes, right. there will be a number of other like job zones and other all those other zones will eventually live on buns on the app. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and there's a, a number of reasons why they should move over to the app. And those reasons are really around um, making it, you know, safer, making it, you know, easier, making it uh, more seamless in terms of an experience, making it faster to find what you're looking for. Like there's so many things that we can do that, that Facebook is preventative, uh, is preventing us to be from realizing in terms of experience design, right? Controlling the visibility and all that. Other exactly. Good stuff. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take back control of that, and I think that's uh, a really amazing opportunity. But I think to kind of circle back here, the the reason I'm less so I, I don't rule things out, but I also don't I'm not really I'm, I'm generally generally not very excited about the idea of ads. Right. It just feels like. Um, it's your it's your fallback plan in terms yeah, of an internet it's like, company. It's like lazy almost. It's not lazy. It's a very difficult thing to do in and of itself. Like you have to sell the ads. You've got to build a platform to insert the ads in a relevant way. And there's all these different pieces in the technology chain that are required to actually do it in a really meaningful way. Right. It, it's not that because a number of companies have approached us and said, hey, like we, we would love to collaborate with you and to do a number of, you know, to pay you to, to show these ads if it's, you know, to these people. And we've kind of just said thank you and we're so humbled and we appreciate it. But we're not we're not really there we we don't want to do that yet because i feel like once we turn on a revenue stream the revenue stream is going to be the focus for a lot of the investors and so we're going to hold out on doing that right. until we really r fully realize our product vision yeah and you and have a model that you like exactly 
and that that our users really like yeah like more no, importantly than us it's it's about the users um and like buns is this pride point for toronto and other cities that are coming on board and we want to do it justice like this is something that is near and dear to our hearts and we care an incredible amount and to do the easiest thing is not in a, in our culture right it is not the way we approach problems we pro- approach problems creatively like that is what buns is known for is like this extreme level of creativity and problem solving that uh, we feel is absent in the market at the mm-hmm. moment so to, s- to sum it up a little bit essentially what you're saying is for any startup to be uh to be recognized essentially you need growth so you need users to sign on and you need to prove that you can have money coming in you don't necessarily need to make more money than you're spending but you just need to show that you can make some form of income yeah, yeah, it's about revenue potential. It's about, uh, look, they call it a K factor, which is exponential growth. Right. And a number of other factors. It's like, there's really two, like to kind of summarize at a high level, uh, why people invest in concepts and ideas is there's a number of, well, I think the, the two easy buckets to highlight are it's a moonshot or it's SaaS. And so a moonshot refers to this idea that's like, we're going to end world hunger. Right. And it's such a huge undertaking, but they've got some sort of very unique technology that underlies the ability to actually achieve that goal. And I think a good example of a moonshot is uh, maybe Elon Musk building rockets to go outer space right? Yeah. and his mission to Mars. Literally a moonshoot. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so um, in a SaaS business is much more, um, how do I put it, like... It's more about users either paying for a service or or to 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 use you know something just like Netflix right yeah. like so it's like I pay and you give me the service for the layperson SaaS stands for software as a service that's right yeah sorry I should kind of no that's okay I mean you're you're uh, you're in the CEO world and I'm in the throes of it yeah exactly acronyms left right and center yeah so you seem you seem uh, pretty passionate about about this project and it seems to be something that you uh, you you think about a lot. How did you uh, how did you come to you know get the experience in order to become the CEO of Buns? Where did you start out? Oh man, I think so. I think it's it. Recently, I had a conversation with a very close friend of mine, and you know I've seen success in other industries, and um, I've also seen a lot of failures in other things in startups and things I've tried. So I've got some experience with startups, um, creating other startups in the past, but. I think it comes down to fundamentally who I am. I've always been my job. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is at the age of eight, I took a part of ECR and I had, I, I take apart everything I've ever owned. Um, you know, I, I took a part of ECR at age eight and the reason was because I needed to understand how it worked. Okay. And then it turned to taking apart remote control cars and then it turned into taking apart computers and then it turned into taking apart bicycles and everything I could always reassemble and I always improved it when I reassembled it. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, as I got older, it became taking apart cars, taking apart motorcycles, taking apart my house and rebuilding those things. And I always ended up doing it myself and it somehow ended up better than it was. And so that became my career in a bank. I worked in technology across the, the bank and I learned from a lot of really smart business people and I felt that gave me enough enough of an education from a business perspective to then couple with some of my earlier interests in technology. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I always kind of had this the sense that um, I would eventually go back into startups right? and that I would find my way back into creating technologies that I felt were meaningful because I just, as much as I found my work very interesting in banking, and I was provided a lot of amazing, amazing opportunities. And I worked with some really smart people. I felt that uh, 
my creative uh there's a huge amount of limitations on my creative my creativity right and so I think the combination of what I've learned over the last 11 years working in technology solutions for banking, but also uh, my experience personally with startups and a number of them, um, and just the inherent character trait of having to know how everything works and constantly hunting trends and constantly um, staying on the cutting edge of net new, new platform technologies just kind of resulted in this, this thing that ended up being overwhelming and I had to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I left the bank and yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I absolutely love what I do at Buns. It's been the best. So I guess that means that you're kind of in the process of taking Buns apart and putting it back together. Always. in a uh, and, and improving it like you do your, uh, your other stuff. I think it's interesting that you worked in banking and now work in something that's not anti-capitalist, but almost like an affront to the collection of, of money. Do you think that there's there's something to that? <laughs> I think um, I think it's funny. People love to be like, "Oh, Buns is like anti-capitalist," or "Buns is like this like pseudo, you know, um, this group that's like kind of un- has undertones to it that yeah, are, yeah. that are anti-capitalist." I think that I like to frame it differently. I look at it as just like ex- extreme creativity and transactions, right? right. Like I think. Um, and I think everybody's got a little bit of a rebel in them, mm-hmm. right? So like even our entire team is just really. Uh, you know, a merry band of rebels. My experience actually fares me really well. Like we're still talking about transactions, even when we're not talking about dollar transactions. Right, right. Um, we're talking about how to to effectively manage those transactions and um, in a data set and how to uh, ensure that the the transactions you know are are fulfilled in the most effective way and safely and in a way that the experience is positive. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, that's what makes it attractive. Is like it's almost like taking this sounds really weird, but it's like taking a transaction network that you'd typically work on at a bank and inserting, you know, this human element. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, do, I do see some serious, very, very, you know, I do see a significant Delta yeah. in, in what a bank bank is versus bonds. I don't want to even compare them, mm-hmm. but um, I, at the same time, I think there's, you know, everyone's path and their journey to become who they are and what they, what they're, you know, and realize what they're passionate about and realize some of their goals, uh, requires them to draw on their past. And like, I, I use that to my advantage because I think, um, I've learned a lot and I mean, I know there's not the best, you know, yeah, I've learned a ton from banks and I think that, um, I think we should look to large successful institutions if we want to build something that will have um, longevity. Right. And I think it's really important that Buns has uh, longevity for everybody. Not yeah, like absolutely. It has, so. I totally agree. I, I can't I can't agree with you more. I think that uh, just all the positivity that's come out of it, it needs, to, it needs to stick around. I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this question because there's probably, you know, a million and a half little sashes running around. Not, not literally, but like... <laughs> You know, people like you thinking, okay, I have this great idea right. for an app. Mm-hmm. How do I put it together? You know, like if how do, how does someone take a, a killer idea and put it into practice? Yeah, that's that's a hard one. I mean, it starts with with like you have to be you have you have to. Like, everyone said when I started this, when I started working with Emily, and like everyone thought we were crazy. Right. Everyone thought that this was, you know, Buns was 8,000 people at the time. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought it was just this really like uh, ill-conceived plan. Right. And we were undeterred. 
and to this date I remain undeterred but a lot of people have changed their perspective on it of you know course. within buns it was always like you know they were championing us and we were championing them and so there's this mutual love and that will never go away because they had our they had our backs from the very beginning mm-hmm. and um and you know we will continue to have theirs and so but when it comes to uh, building your own startup or technology company or app or whatever it is that you really want to achieve, the first question you should ask yourself is like, what problem is it solving? Okay. And are you passionate enough and t- determined enough that you are willing to potentially lose or give up a huge amount to realize that goal? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes about once you've really created like a fortress of a fortress of belief in your your ability to achieve your goal and the mission that you're on yeah it really becomes about talking to other people about that mission and finding the right players you need to be able to create the materialize that goal sure and so maybe it starts with a designer and that designer helps you actually take your little sketches that you've been drawing in your notebook for a couple months and make them something that like you can flip through on your phone yeah and then you know um, and then it turns into showing those those designs to a developer, and that developer is also passionate about that idea, and they help you know take it to the next step, and then that next step, and then the next step, and it just kind of eventually you find yourself with like people around you that are really passionate about the same ideas, and you know you start to see uh, that you know maybe you weren't so crazy, maybe yeah. maybe because it, it takes a certain level of like resolve and insanity to do what what we're doing mm-hmm. and it's super hard and but at the same time it, it's the best thing in the world and so uh i love it and i think um if you have that bone in your body and that's who you are then i recommend you just give it everything and let it let it eat you alive and because if you believe in it you have to you have to see it come to to real you know to market or whatever it may be right. your goal is but i think also ask yourself a lot of questions like the questions I ask myself is like, what, what industry do we play in? Mm-hmm. You know, um, how, what is it that people, what's relevant right now? What is it people want right now? Yeah. And why do they want it? Like ask why, ask why a million times over. Like, why is it that people love ordering pizza? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, w- whatever it is, just, just ask, you have to have an, an, a very strong sense of curiosity in your early days. And it has to turn into uh, be be organized and that, that curiosity once it's organized starts to look more formulaic mm-hmm. and that can be used to logically deduce something that is absolute almost yeah, with yeah. the exception of market conditions and that that absolute belief is what should really drive you to to realize your goal but to kind of give you some advice you know for the listeners to give them some advice maybe and i may i feel very ill prepared to give anybody advice at times because i feel <laughs> like it's literally on the fly we're making um, but I think that's part of the process, right? Like you have to be able to be adaptable absolutely. in order to do this. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is no, no one day is the same as the next. Yeah. And you, you know, you make your little daily calendar for tomorrow, the night before, and you, you show up and every day seems to throw you a very different curveball, and you become really, you become better and better at handling those curveballs. Yeah. But I would say that if you're really passionate about an idea, um, find people that are also passionate about that idea and, begin to take inventory of the skills you believe you need to materialize that idea mm-hmm. and then go hunt those people down and have conversations with them. And y- you should be, you know, if you're going to be the CEO or the founder of that idea or that company, y- you need to be a huge champion and you need to be a champion that they can, a leader that they can follow, right. a leader that they can, that they can come to when things get hard or, or when they need something. And you need to be a person who's willing to solve those problems, those 
those personnel problems, those idea or philosophical problems around the product right. and the design problems, you need to be willing to roll your sleeves up and do everything you feel is needed and feel is potential. Maybe you even feel it isn't your job. Yeah. Some people go off and learn how to code. Um, so I mean, whatever it is that you're motivated by in life, my, my recommendation there, and it sounds more like personal advice than anything else is just absolutely run it down. Yeah. And conversely, if you are not that guy, find that guy to partner with so that, you know, if that's not your skill set, you know, as you said, to run it down, find somebody who has that skill set that'll work with you so that there is that guy around to make it a success. Yeah. I also think there's a huge opportunity for Toronto to become, or every city that isn't Silicon Valley or, you know, San Francisco to really build a product discipline. Mm -hmm. And I think whatever it is, the product that you're thinking you want to build, I think that you'll be pleasantly surprised to realize that there are probably other people in your city that share your passion for it. Right. And you want to be very discerning in how you select who you work with because it's, it's a marriage. Like, you know, you, 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 you want to be very careful who you bring into your fold. And, you know, I think we've all had things we've done or activities we've like team sports we've played with where that hasn't worked out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I think it's, it's, yeah, it's a hard thing to do. Well, uh, on a very basic level, kind of to get started, I know that you've kind of you've shown me this tool called InVision that kind of allows you to see what an app might look like if you've got some ideas. So yeah. that, that might be a good place to start. Yeah, there's like on a, a basic uh, level. Totally. I mean, like I think a lot of the times I found myself with you know when I had an idea, I work on, you know, I feel like just even my my free time I work on a lot of creative ideas right. um, that are either connected and correlated to buns somehow, or even sometimes just completely removed. And I find the most empowering thing is learning to use maybe a number of like maybe three or five tools Mm -hmm. um, that are available. And some of them require license fees, maybe of like a couple hundred bucks a year. But, you know, with Illustrator, uh, with Envision, with, um, you know, Photoshop, with some of these available libraries uh, like or repos of of assets that you can use like buttons and stuff. Yeah. You can actually really quickly piece together a product and like a prototype. Yeah. And um, once you've it takes it takes a couple of weeks to really become fluent in manipulating these pieces of software to to achieve what you want to achieve but once you get there it becomes extremely empowering mm-hmm. um so i think you know there's a number of really great hubs and leaders and education centers like brainstation yeah um that where you can go and you can learn these things in an almost near non-committal way so i i would recommend that again like you know you're going to need to learn through this process and develop new skills to fill gaps in a team. Right. And so any opportunity you have to sit down with someone and learn how to code or learn how to design or learn how to, you know, uh, model a business spreadsheet or, you know, whatever it may be, I, I think you should take that opportunity because I think learning learning is amazing, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. Well, I also think it's really interesting uh, since we're speaking about startups or small businesses uh, that bun seems to spawn a lot of these things. So you look at, uh, for example, my girlfriend does what she calls Bayography, which is like the choreography of Beyonce, but they also do other things and they run classes where you learn the, you yeah. know, the dances from the music videos or whatever. But yeah. even bigger than that, you get things like Good Food Help or Flash Food kind of spawning from buns. Do you think that like... I think it's a sign of the times. Yeah. I think it's like, I think it's a lot of people, it's a sign of the times. It's also, it's a number of factors that are doing that. I think buns happens to just naturally be a hotbed for creativity. Yeah. And, uh, and culturally, I think the one thing that, one of the things that is unifying is like buns doesn't just accept things the way they are. Yeah. And I think 
uh, people are seeing problems and talking about these problems. And that's the beauty of a city network is that people do that. Right. And they find other people to collaborate with. And a lot of people who are working with Buns right now actually came from the community. Um, so I think I, I'm really proud that a lot of people, um, I think we should all feel proud that a lot of people are kind of picking up the torch and saying, hey, look, let's make, uh, let's make great products yeah. um, and let's let's collaborate and solve problems because I think we're we're a generation that um, really has an opportunity to do something significant to improve or change the way uh, the entire you know the entire the way that well this sounds like really uh, high level but I mean like create a new human operating system right yeah. to change the way that we look at the way we live and the way we consume and the way we share and the limitations of our sharing and observe or identify new ways in which we're potentially comfortable with doing that. Mm -hmm. So I think there's some really great people working on some amazing problems Yeah, and it's, it's, it's fantastic that they're coming from buns. And even if they weren't from buns, I'd be a huge champions of them because it's just, it's an amazing thing to see people not find their calling but like do something that they're really passionate about you yeah, know like yeah, it's yeah. well there's no lack of passion at buns that's for sure that's right yeah well okay so we got serious for a while there but let, let me uh let me just ask you about some fun stuff now sure, before yeah. uh before i let you get back to it um what is your favorite thing about working for buns oh man i i love my team I think the team's amazing. I think the community's amazing. Um, there's so many things to like about it. I feel like a lot of people, this would be their dream jobs. On a daily basis, we're constantly doing this like digest where people are talking about in the office, like, you know, while they're stepping away from their computers, we're talking about like what's going on on buns. And like, it just feels like you're, you're staying constantly abreast of what's happening in the city. And on top of that, you know, I get to very rarely do I actually have the opportunity to, to meet with somebody and sit down from buns, but a lot of the team do, but sometimes I just kind of pop in and have a conversation and the enthusiasm and the passion that people have and the mm -hmm. support that they show for what we're doing is like unparalleled. Like, you know, we, all, we sometimes joke around, we're like, we're working, we're like, someone will come into my office and say like, Hey, is, is buns a technology company or is buns a cult? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, and like we see pictures of people with tattoos and of buns and we're like, wow, this is just like, we're no, we're just so in love with the idea and we're so happy to work on it. And it's just such a privilege. Um, and, but I think I, I love working on something I care about. Yeah. And I love, uh, undoing, uh, I, I love, uh, trying to to remove the limitations on that because I think the potential is just so massive for something like this. Right. That uh, you know we try to be good custodians of it, but the team is hilarious as well. Like I mean, the community is fantastic, but the team is just constantly high energy, high output. Yeah, um, yeah. Like very little sleep. Um, there are definitely uh, a lot of personalities. I mean, uh, Mort and. Eli, I've already been on the show. Oh, have they? Yeah, so yeah. we got a little taste of that. But it's it's interesting because I feel like there's just a lot of different perspectives coming out of that team. Yeah, like I feel it's just, it's so, uh, the team is awesome. The team is amazing. They're super talented. They're super creative. They're all really different. And like, I think this is one of the things I'm particularly proud of is how different our team is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the technology space and especially in Silicon Valley, you hear about all these like diversity issues and like everyone's an engineer and everyone's male and everyone's a certain age. And like, we're just so we're not that like, and, and I think we come from all over the world where, you know, we're just a huge spectrum of beliefs and difference. Um, but we think of that as like our superpower. 
like my my team and the community the combination of our, the commu- support we get from the community yeah and the dedication of the team and the different the difference in their personal abilities and also their who they are and their perspectives is what really makes everything so potent and so explosive for yeah, us yeah. and i think that uh, the team can all really come together and agree on sweet sweet slack gifts that's right <laughs> nothing yeah. else yeah there's a lot of gifts flying around on slack and for those of you who don't know what slack is it's like this tool we use from Stuart butterfield who created he also created i don't know if you knew this but he created um uh flicker okay yeah and slack was a pivot funny enough but anyways that's a different story about somebody else okay so let's uh there's three questions that i ask everybody who comes on the show and i think hopefully your answers will be the most interesting being uh the fearless buns leader. What is the first buns trade that you made? That's a great question. Um, I'm trying to think back. I mean, I'd almost have to go back into my history in the app. Um, that, that I did my first trade on the app. I never did a trade on Facebook. Um, I, it was probably vegetables from my garden. Okay. Um, and I think in return, I think someone gave me a July talk t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. It's a little too small. So I kind of like belly top it, but it's pretty fun. <laughs> okay. What was your most recent buns trade? That's a good question too. Uh, actually, this is funny. Everything seems to be revolving around my garden. Um, the most recent buns trade was, uh, I had this amazing musician, uh, who came by and she was going on this road trip and I had reached out to her cause she was looking for a sleeping bag. And she was going on this road trip, she said, and I said, hey, look, look, if you come by and you help me, I've got this vegetable garden that I've been meaning to plant. This was in the spring. And I said, I've been meaning to plant this. And if you come by, then I will kit you out with some awesome camping gear for your trip. And so she said, cool. And she came by and she was really, she was really, really friendly. And we had a great time for like an hour. We planted all this stuff and she did a good job lining it all up with me because I'm a bit OCD about how things get laid out. Hmm. Um and I, you know, I swagged her out in a bunch of, you know, camping stuff that was in my backpack from a number of backcountry trips I'd been doing. And I actually check in on her once in a while. And I think she actually had her music on your podcast, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to mention that, actually. Yeah, yeah we, so we she, featured her on an, on an episode. Yeah, so she she did, she went on the road, I think, on a, on a like a year-long or so trip or more, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I checked in on her and she said she's doing really well. And I sent her pictures of the garden and said, thank you again. And she was really awesome. So I think that was the last trade I did though. Amazing. Okay. And finally, the big one, because, Uh-oh. you know, if someone can fill this, maybe you have a little favor in your pocket, but what are you ISO? Um, hmm. ISO growth and revenue. <laughs> is that is that too much of a CEO's answer? <laughs> yeah, if you guys can fill that, then you, that's you right. Get tell, a tell your friends about your buns. Pocket, How's yeah. that? Maybe my ISO is is for people to tell their friends about buns, and that it's more than just a trading platform. And that, um, you know, I want to say that I'm super grateful to everybody who's supported us, and um, we we continue to work extremely hard to make sure we don't disappoint. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of amazing things coming to buns that will we believe will really change how it's perceived and so you know it's a city network and i hope you share that with your friends so essentially uh look at it more than just a trading platform yeah okay uh well thanks for sitting down and talking to me i know you're a busy guy and uh maybe i'll check in with you in a little while and and see how much has changed yeah absolutely i feel like everything changes every day (laughs) 
All right. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks. Bye. So, music this week is from a bun who hooked me up big time. In my first week of living off buns, I wasn't getting a lot of great meals. And not only did I get a great meal from this bun, but she delivered it to me. And she really didn't want anything in return. Since she's helped me out with uh, some fresh caught fish. And it's just been an all around amazing person. And I didn't know until recently that she also makes music. Her name is at Annie Banani on the app. This song is called Laura Palmer by The Dearly Bereft. There's not much uh, of a write-up here, but I'm going to include a link on my show notes. All I see is dancing at the funeral, put your black shoes on, but we're still alive. So let's make some noise for us. Here it is. 